Hello, everyone. Hello! My name is Matt Armando. And I'm Emily Riggins. And this is TBD. With Matt and Emily! Hi, everyone. Hi, guys. We missed you so much. Missed you. It's been a whole week. It, it truly has. Um, this is I'm, the first time Matt and I have seen each other in, like... More than a week. More than a week. Like, two weeks. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, two weeks, right? Or, um, you know what? I bet it's been 13 days. It has been 13 days. <laughs> Still, that counts as two weeks to me. <laughs> Round up. Whenever people ask me how long I went to Italy for, which is 13 days, I say two weeks. <laughs> you should start saying 13 days. Uh, yeah, I think I did at one point, but then I realized I was being kind of a jerk. Just say two weeks. Cause then someone would go, oh, two weeks. They'd correct you. Oh. Do you ever, do you ever have somebody, you know, how are you doing? And you say good. And then you say, how are you doing? And they say, well, is that, you know, when they say, well, um, I think I've had that conversation, but you, you know, they're, you're supposed to say, well, saying good is wrong oh. grammatically. And you know what I do? So if I say, so if someone goes, so ask me how I'm doing. Hey Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing good. And then I say, how are you doing, Emily? And you say, well, well, and then I would say, well, now you're doing good too. Because doing good means to be helping people. And, you know, do you get... I normally just say, I'm doing pretty good. I know. I just sometimes... I'm a bit much. <laughs> um, Emily, I heard you worked out yesterday. <laughs> How are you yeah, but about that? we have to bring our guest on first oh, before okay. we have this conversation. Yeah, because okay. I have a lot to say about the good and well. Okay, yeah, let's bring our guest too, on, please. <laughs> You've heard her voice, but you haven't been informally introduced yet. Uh, TBD listeners, welcome to the podcast stage, my friend Leslie Noy. Hello, hello. Thank you so much Hi. for having me. Welcome. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Uh? Oh my god, it's my biggest pet peeve is the good and well exchange because I say good because uh-huh. I'm trying to be like formal and accepting of people I think that grammar I don't want to get off on a terror but like grammar is really um it's really classist uh everybody has a different set of grammar rules and even though we're taught them in school it's a bunch of bs Mm -hmm. because it's opinion so um it annoys the tarnation out of me (laughs) when somebody's like when I say I'm doing good and they say well yeah I'm like, okay, elitist. I notice it every single time. And I know the right I know you're supposed to say well, but Me as why bother? Me as well. I know I'm supposed to say well, but mm-hmm. I'm cool. I say good. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly didn't know you were supposed to say well because I it just seems I'm so, doing pretty good. So to do yeah. that's the answer. So the answer the thing in when people say that, to do good means you're doing good things. You are to do good means you're like Mother Teresa or whatever. Uh we don't have to go down whether she's really saying that. Um, <laughs> th- like that is to be doing good. Yeah. Whereas I'm, to be doing well is to more of a state of how you are. Wellness. Yeah. State Do you know of how being. I counteract this argument? What? Just by being in someone's presence, I'm doing them good. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I like Matt's answer so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of a troll, you know, what can that, I say? <laughs> but a troll in real life, that is brave. Yeah. You, anybody can be a troll on the internet in a formal interaction with somebody out out and about on the town. That's amazing. I won't say that I do it every time, but I have definitely done <laughs> it to people. 
No, you're doing good too. All right. <laughs> Guys, yesterday I did a workout class and my body hurt so much. <gasps> yeah. Um, I shifted and Leslie said she could tell there was pain on my face. <laughs> because fun fact, every new like hour, there's like a new pain. When I shifted, I moved my shoulders and I'm like, oh, my shoulders hurt now. <laughs> My my abs have hurt all day. Um, in Matt's building, you have to walk up four flights of steps right now because the elevator is being maintenanced. And walking up those steps, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, was very hard for me. Where was this class, though? Um, it was at this place called The Fitting Room. Oh, my God. I know about them. Um, oh. Are they a thing? <laughs> well, I used to work at like another gym that was like in competition with them. But yeah. Well, well yeah. High intensity interval training. Yes, that's. See? thank you for giving me the words because people are like, well, what it was like and what what was it like? I'm like, uh, there was a rowing machine and a spin <laughs> machine and we did burpees at one point. Yeah. Um, yeah, guys, I'm really out of shape. No, those classes are really hard. Don't beat yourself up about them. I used to work at something similar and they're meant to be very hard because mm-hmm. like people who work out all the time, you know. Not to get boring, but you plateau and all that crap. And then you're like, I got to change up my routine. And that's what. That's why Emily Emily works out once every three weeks or something like that. Uh, So I I think that's how. uh, Let's say once every three months and be a little more correct. Don't you have such a great performance when you're in class once every three months? Um, You really go all out. I really do go all out. I did at one point (laughs) apologize to the instructors. I said, I'm sorry. I don't know how to do anything. And they said, it's okay. Oh, (laughs) Um, that's why I say you should try yoga because literally they don't get mad at you well if you go to like Bikram yogas or whatever they're called now because they're not called Bikram anymore um, no they're not <laughs> that's bringing tea. up controversial topics um, <laughs> but if you go to like a cool yoga they'll just like uh, and I don't necessarily mean temperature wise I want to do hot yoga <laughs> Because some of them, they're cool, but they're also hot. Yes. They'll just like, you can just lay there and they won't yell at you. No, because you're supposed to do what your body wants you to do and what your inner Uh, soul wants you to do. At one point, I did just go into child's pose yesterday because I was like, I can't do this thing that they're telling me to do, but I can do this. Um, And then when we, they asked us to do the burpees, it was like, it was like a rotation of three things where you use like kettlebells. For the two other things. I love kettlebells. Um, and I, I could do, I could mostly do the kettlebells thing. So I just kind of, once I realized I could in no way even pretend to do a burpee, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll just rotate between the other two. <laughs> um, yeah, guys, I'm, I'm working on it slowly. Every three months I'm working on it. No, I mean, I haven't worked out in years. I worked out the other day because I did like a self-tape and I, in the self-tape, I <laughs> had to uh the audition was to chase after this guy um and hold a gun up to him and so it's starting from that moment where you have the gun he happened to be my husband in this drama yes and I was like I can't just do it cold like I can't be like a normal person who's been napping all day like I am like I need to do something to make it look like I've worked to get to this point where I'm holding a gun at him Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of like the arm crawlers. What are they called? They're like push-ups, but mountain mountain climbers, maybe. I don't know. Oh push-ups, my god! Mountain climbers. Yeah, yeah you're and I had done wrong it. Crowd. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> well, all the workout heads who listen to this yeah. will know exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah. send us an email at tbdpodcast at gmail <laughs> 
please correct us for what these <laughs> exercises are called. But yeah, my abs hurt for like two weeks and I plan on not working out for another six months as well. God, nice. I can't wait for six months from now when I go to another class. <laughs> I bet they're looking forward to it too. Oh, God. Uh, longtime listeners will remember Emily's episode, Becoming Better, where she... <laughs> I am working on still working on Becoming Better. I just haven't done the working out part of the Becoming Better. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been to a gym every week since that episode came out. That's my little wow. thing. I've only had Starbucks every other week since that episode. I did, I had not had a gym membership ever in my life until November of this past year. Man. It took me 33 years to get to a gym membership. Planet Fitness? Or yeah. Nice. The one right, right near, the uh, right around here. <laughs> We're not going to say where we are, but it's um, close. It's been mentioned before. Oh, really? But, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> We're uh, Leslie and our neighbors. Yeah. This has not been mentioned. We're lit around the corner from each other. <laughs> totally. So we know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> There's that one Planet Fitness right near us. Yeah. It's open 24 hours a day, five days a week. <gasps> and Saturday and Sunday, it's open less. Wow. Uh, which I think means it closes. I think it's open to like seven o'clock on Sunday night. Oh, man. But then reopens at midnight. If I'm reading this 24-hour, well, five-day-a-week thing. So then, like, between, like, seven at night and uh, midnight, you can't go to the gym. But then midnight hits, and then I think you can go again. <laughs> Do you think all their employees are, like, napping during that time? Taking a huge five-hour siesta? I've walked by it at, like, 10 at night, and yeah. it is completely shut down like pitch black in there oh, man. i don't know i don't get it should just be 24 hours seven days a week i don't know why two days a week it's not i don't know who's going there at two in the morning on a wednesday <laughs> any more than like i don't know how they're, I mean, they're any different somebody than, with a problem is going at 2 a.m on wednesday right I mean, maybe somebody works different hours that's true that's true but that, that would also hold true for sundays like i do well that's why i'm work, confused no. you Planet can be fitness. bartending yeah. And then after you're done with your shift on a Saturday night, you're like, I want to work out. That's true. Not at this Planet Fitness. Not at this one. <laughs> Planet Fitness should contact you guys, too. Honestly, and we would be a great please. sponsor for Planet Fitness. Um, Every week I could talk about what I did that week at the yay. gym. I was there two days ago. <laughs> what did you do? Um... I rode on the elliptical for about 10 minutes, I assume, because actually my machine's timer was broken. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Inner clock. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I just, I go around in the machines and I do like 20 to 30 reps on each machine. <laughs> I thought and you were going to say that you go around to the machines and just say hi to them. <laughs> you touch them and Hello. say hi. <laughs> Um, you touch them, you see if they give you joy. Yes. I do know the ones that give me joy, and I only do the joy giving ones. Oh, um, there's like a crunch uh, machine to do crunches with. I uh, really like that one because I know you can just do crunches without a machine, but I prefer the machine to help me. Uh, there is like a rowing thing. Um, rowing is all the rage. Fitting room. Fitting room here. Gym. If you guys are curious, it goes legs, torso, arms arms torso legs that's how the appropriate way of doing a rowing machine which is what i learned yesterday because i said people do it wrong and then i actually had the order wrong and they had to correct me but it's legs torso arms 
Arms, torso, legs. You're hearing her voice go off in the distance because she's really showing yeah. us how to do it properly. <laughs> I think that's what engaged my core. <laughs> probably That probably did a number on your core. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, my core is stressed <laughs> from <Yeah>. those words. <laughs> um, I like the thigh machine things, even though mostly women use those, but I'm like, why? Guys got to use these too. Yeah. It's the same legs, same muscles. For sure. They have a, there's a, on the instructions, it's a woman doing the instructions. I mean, I don't really know how they determine whether it should be a woman or a man. That's right. Because it is, it does seem somewhat random to me. Although I have noticed that the machines that women tend to use more have the woman drawing. But I'm like, it's not like in that way, men's and women's bodies are different. (laughs) Well, they are. Because um, most of a woman's body weight is concentrated in her hips and below. I guess, but men still have to do leg things. That's true. That's true. But there's one uh, pervasive uh, lie throughout workout, uh, the workout world, which is that women are able to do pull-ups like men. And that's not true. There's a lot of women out there who will never be able to do pull-ups no matter how much they work on their body because of where their body weight is concentrated. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So don't let them fool you, kids. I can do um, a pull-up. I'm sure I, you can. <laughs> Before we move on from this topic, I just want to share my one crowning athletic achievement, which I think I have ah. shared before on this podcast, but I want to share it again. Um, in elementary school, we did these presidential fitness awards in gym class, um, and one of them was hanging on the bar the longest. Um, I think you had help getting up, but then you had to hang on the longest. Um, and guys, I did it. Yes, it was because I was afraid of letting go and falling and hurting myself, <laughs> but I did do it. My anxiety really worked for me that day. Oh, yeah. God bless anxiety. Congratulations. Thanks. It's my crowning achievement. <laughs> um, <sighs> Matt, we ready? Let's do it. All right. Let me get ready. <laughs> tea talk, tea talk, tea talk, tea talk. We're talking tea today. And our tea today is... I'm so excited about this tea. Um, it is called magic potion and guys i love a good marketing gimmick gimmick they're designed specifically for me i bought this tea because it because of the packaging um this is the color changing blue raspberry tea and it guys it changes colors it went from blue to purple and how did it do that uh i'm gonna tell you a little story about this tea um (laughs) to make it change colors you have to go buy a lemon. You have to cut the lemon and you have to squeeze the lemon in the tea and guys, it changes colors. It's really magical. All the steps of, you have to buy a lemon. <laughs> it's 40 cents. Um, and then squ- squeeze lemon. We all took part in this. Uh, yeah. Leslie cut the lemon for us. Yeah, um, sorry. I had to. Something came over me. She had, it was like, it was quite a flex, if I'm, to be honest. Uh, I, I wasn't my house, my knife, my kitchen. I went and grabbed a knife thinking, I'm going to cut a lemon. <laughs> And then she was like, you know, I'm an expert lemon cutter. And I was like, who am I to, st- to stop you from cutting this lemon? I'm I so sorry. Over. No, it's perfectly fine. But as we all can tell right now, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Thank God for catering. <laughs> Guys, when, when you have a full cup of tea, it doesn't look as purple. But now that I've drank like over half of this tea, it looks so purple because of the white background. Oh, yeah. First it is blue. Then you squeeze the lemon. Mm-hmm. Then it is purple, mm-hmm. red. I believe they write indigo to violet. Yes. Is what they write? <gasps> yes. David's tea. So poetic. Oh, yeah. I forgot to tell you that this is from David's tea. <laughs> um, I was too excited about all the other stuff. Anyways, this is 
another David's tea because we love them. Um, I have so much to read you. I'm going to read you the uh, what made me buy this. Razzle Dazzle. Honestly, they could have stopped there and I would have bought it. Um, <laughs> it's my one of my favorite Crayola crown colors. Razzle Dazzle. <laughs> Want to see a magic trick? The answer is always yes. Add a squeeze of lemon to this juicy blue raspberry blend and watch it go from indigo to violet like a mood ring in your mug. <laughs> um... Wait, I just noticed that your nails match the color of the tea. Wow. <laughs> uh, that yeah. is dedication. Uh, I planned it. Uh, <laughs> a week ago when I got my nails done, I was like, we're going to have that magic potion tea and it's going to match. Um, the ingredients in this tea are currants, apples, rose hips, butterfly pea flowers, raspberries, blackberries, stevia extract, natural kiwi, blackberry, and Billberry flavoring. I have a few things to say about this ingredient list. One, I looked up billberries, and they're just European blueberries. Yeah. Um, and the reason that this changes colors is because of the butterfly pea flowers, which, if you listen to our anniversary episode, you'll know I mentioned this tea because it's called a blue tea. The base of this tea is a thing called blue tea. Oh. And that's the tea that changes colors. Ah. Wait, but is it butterfly pea? Like pea that a butterfly... Yes, yes. They peed on the flower. <laughs> butterfly urine. No, is it? No, no. It's butterfly p e a. Like, yeah. Okay, I'm glad we clarified that because yes. I've had quite a bit of this tea. I just want to make sure it wasn't yeah. um, insect excretion. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> Those are the two worst words I've ever said back to back in my life. Um, no, there's this thing called butterfly pea flowers that okay. are form this blue tea okay i've heard of like pea flowers but they're yeah. the butterfly variety i don't know if there's a difference i i've told you everything i know <laughs> we only know so much david's tea please contact us. honestly please do um so what what can we taste in this tea i can taste lemon oh my god there's so many flavors in this thing it's all of them all right matt what do you taste tell us oh he's sipping well definitely the lemons and then also I'm going to say bilberries. I can taste that bilberry <laughs> flavoring. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's very, it's like, it's kind of like, it's like juice. Yeah. It's very juice-like. So good. It's I, like a blue Kool-Aid or something. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. It's purple I, Kool-Aid right now. I really love the extra lemon that we put in here. I yeah. think it really sent it off. To another level. I would be intrigued to try this without the lemon, but spoiler alert, we put lemon in the entire tea, so (laughs) I don't think we'll get there. But the lemon is really adding something for me. And I taste just a bunch of fruit and some lemon, and I can't wait to make this into iced tea all summer. (laughs) Woo! I'm big into lemons and teas in general, so give me lemon in that tea. I love lemon and Earl Grey. Yeah. But don't try to put milk in there, too. Sometimes I will. Really? I'm a maniac. Mine always curdles. How do you do it? Uh, I don't know. I am, don't... I, am I doing it? Uh. <laughs> well, usually, so, okay. Uh, I, went, I went a little against my rule when I went and we made this pot together because normally I either do just like to squeeze in a little lemon or um, don't pour don't pour <laughs> as much, Emily. <laughs> Emily just poured it all over the table. <laughs> you just pour slower. It doesn't pour as, it doesn't do that. <laughs> um, also, I, I might recommend taking the lid off. Um, so uh, my trick with lemons generally, I feel like the longer you leave a lemon in, like 
it starts to disintegrate and it gets too lemony almost. And um, I will leave the lemon in only for like 30 seconds or less normally. If I'm just making like a cup of tea or something. Oh, that's so smart. Uh, or if I go to like a place and I get it, it put in, like I will literally order it. I'll go with a wedge of lemon and then they'll put it in and then they'll give it to me. And then I basically go over to the trash, take it out and throw it away because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's enough lemon. I mean, they've put You're traumatizing me. <laughs> the amount of lemon I want in there. I'm not throwing it away because I no. hate it. I'm throwing it away because I... I'm done with it. <laughs> I worked at a restaurant and these two people ordered cappuccinos one time, dry cappuccinos, and I served it to them after making this dry cappuccino for maybe like 25 minutes. And when I took it to their table, they took all, they took the plate off the saucer. Wait, that's what the plate is. They took the plate off and then they took a spoon and they took all the foam out of the top and dumped it onto the plate. But that's what a dry cappuccino is. I was like, there are evil people who exist. And that's what you're (laughs) triggering with that story of you just throwing away that lemon as soon as it touches. But that's all I want. I wanted it to be in there. For it's like, like a quick second. That's the amount. Of, I mean, it's like, I mean, by the time they, okay, so they put it in, they put the lid on. <laughs> sorry by the time I go, by the time they've handed it to me and I get to the trash, it's been in there for a solid 30 seconds already. That's true. That's true. And that's, that's, it's not that I didn't want the lemon in or that I'm like giving them the middle finger and going like, fuck your lemon. <laughs> I'm literally, workers. I've, you've given me the lemon for as much time as I wanted the lemon in there. Oh, great. Uh, you're saying like you know. you've done a perfect job thank you so much yes and i turn to them and i say that i go just so you know perfect job i'm throwing this lemon away right now yes you say you're doing good uh, yeah <laughs> um i have so many comments um one i want to say i went to go get a towel to clean up my spill and getting back on this couch was one of the most painful things i've ever had to experience um two um i that's crazy about the dry cappuccino because oh that is literally a dry cappuccino is just foam. My nightmare. Um, three. <laughs> a dry cappuccino. I've never even heard of that. Uh, it's, yeah, because it's just foam. It's the worst part a of a lot. you're a sick person <laughs> if you order it. That's why. You don't <laughs> run in those circles of sick people. I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> I just throw lemons away. <laughs> um, but I have a story about lemons in the service industry. Oh, yes. um, so I used to work at Buffalo Wild Wings Beans for Sports. Oh my uh, God, I worked there too. Oh my God, which oh, one? Where, in the I, city? In the city, the Atlantic oh Terminal. That was my first job in New York. Oh my God, that's amazing. I, we're going to have to discuss this oh, in a second. We'll have to. Um, I worked at the one in Lancaster, Ohio, and then Columbus, Ohio, on Lane and High. Um, wow, wow, wow. Those <laughs> are so, big deal ones. Actually, the one on Lane and High is a pretty big deal because it it's right next to Ohio State's campus and it makes a bunch of money on Saturdays. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, but anyways... <laughs> Oh my god, we're going so fast right now. <laughs> we're so pumped about we're, Buffalo um, Wild Wings. We didn't know we had this secret as connection. So, as soon as we spilled that, as soon as that tea <laughs> literally spilled, this podcast has been going on overdrive. <laughs> oh, and we um, take a deep. There's breath. stevia. There's stevia in this tea. You know what it does to us. <laughs> oh man, okay. it's uncaffeinated. I should. We should, I don't know if you mentioned that. This caffeine. This no caffeine in this tea. <laughs> But it's magic. This is all the energy of lemon that's doing this to us. <laughs> okay, I'm totally calm now. Um, so this person ordered water, and I'm like, great, I'm going to get this person water. And they were like, oh, and I want a lemon. So I put a lemon in the water. But then they're like, oh, we're going to need more lemon. 
And then I come back with more lemon. And then they just start making lemonade. And they put sugar in it. I'm like, you could have just bought lemonade. Oh, my God. This uh, this is a completely believable story. I feel like I've seen this happen yes. in restaurants. It's a restaurant hack. I yeah. feel like it's circling YouTube. Uh, it's also... Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I know. Well, Get out of here with so that. So, at the Buffalo Wild Wings in the Atlantic Terminal... Um, when I was working there, I didn't realize that there were other restaurants because I moved to New York without ever visiting. So I had no expectations. I didn't get it. And I didn't realize that there were other restaurants like literally two blocks down from this Buffalo Wild Wings. I thought that was like my only job possibility. <laughs> and um, anyway, I was working there for like seven months of undervaluing myself. And um, there was... This I undervalued myself for... Two years. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, there is this a table one time that I had, and I um the prices are listed on the menu, and you yep. order. And then uh, I went back and I dropped off her check, and she turned around to me and she held the check up and shook it and said, "Do you realize you're taking away my children's Christmas money?" <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> of course I did it. Yeah. Not you coming to a restaurant. Oh my God. Not your stomach eating tons of food that you probably shouldn't have had. But you know, live your <laughs> life. Live your life. Blame who you want in yeah. order to keep going, my friends. Well, you ruined Christmas. I hope that sets well with you. <laughs> I'm a bad, bad person. Um, yeah. I do want to say that I did enjoy working there mostly because I liked the people I worked with. Yeah. That being said, it, you know. It's a service industry job, and there's wing night to contend with. Oh my god! What night's wing night? Uh, it it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. I don't know if it. Oh I'm sure god. it still exists, but it was like when I worked there, it was like forty cents per wing, which was a big deal. Yeah. Is it Tuesday because there's like no sports on Tuesdays? I would Probably. assume it's like that's like a slow day, but it wasn't the slow day because so many people would come in. Uh, that's what, that's that that's their trick. Yes, yeah. and they camp out. Mm-hmm. the whole night yeah. Oh, yeah it's so terrifying and then i still have heebie-jeebies from working super bowl there I are never, things i can't I say never. about working super bowl i never worked a super bowl but i did work a saturday game day oh my and God. it was it was a lot although i made so much money although it was a lot i was so tired i would have to guess that a sports bar of any kind is would be the greatest hell on earth for me <laughs> on like a sunday or I mean, any day. I mean, anytime I'm in a. I mean, anytime I'm in a bar where there's even like a big basketball game on or something, I just want to be anywhere but where I am. Me as well. I don't get sports. I don't get why people like them. It weirds me out because it's like, uh, I guess it's like cosplay <laughs> for people. They feel like they're a part of something that they definitely aren't. It's so crazy to me. I'm going to get a lot of hate from sports fans, right. but no, okay. geez, Louise, I em- don't. Em- Emily's a hockey fan. I do. And I do. I'm a baseball fan. Yes. Oh, man. Oh, yes. man. So I, I do completely agree with what you're saying. It is such a weird thing. I do love sports because I think it lets us forget the actual problems we have in our of real life. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I watch a lot of YouTube to do that yeah. for me. <laughs> I mean, I like, I guess I like baseball. And I really like watching it, but I like the attitude of like, the the like loud bro who gets really drunk on oh yeah that Bud Light like get out of here yeah I don't, wanna, I don't like they're ruining a good thing for me of course you <laughs> yeah. just like to watch your polite sports um, and enjoy have a good time have a hot dog I like to have a, oh man baseball opening day was recently and all I wanted oh. was a hot dog and I think I ate like salmon for dinner or something but I wanted a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you play a mental mind trick? You're like, I'm eating it. It's just like a hot dog. I still have a, it's been a long time since I've had a hot dog. <laughs> Let's get this man a hot dog, please. I, know, I really need one right now. Maybe I'll get one when I go into Manhattan later. <laughs> um, I, we have to get back to the team. I'm going to say one more thing about sports. Okay. Um, I love hockey, but my preferred way of watching it is by myself in my room because I don't want people to see me being almost crying if we don't win or lose. <laughs> we watched hockey together a couple times, once, yeah. twice. Um, and I did enjoy that experience because... It was fine. <laughs> it was no. It was I notably did. you kind of were. I feel like it wasn't fine, weren't you? Well, no, I was freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> My memory was that you were not fine. I was literally the opposite of fine. I was so stressed out. Um, oh my gosh! It went to overtime. I was. It was yeah. a time. It was a time in my life, and I that mean, time is coming up again soon. Yeah, hockey's happening. It's hockey yeah, playoff season. Well, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> uh, playoffs? Those are I mean, higher stakes than not the playoffs? Okay, cool. That's that, really all you need to know. Yeah, that makes sense to me, logically. Okay, now we got to get back this tea. Oh, yeah, this tea. Yeah. Oh. What, if, what does everyone else taste? I, I described the bilberry. <laughs> um, I'm going to pour myself some more. I do taste the stevia. Mm-hmm. I can tell it's it a little sweet. sweet, but it's not crazy. Stevia can sometimes taste a little... Uh, Mm. I don't even know how to describe it. I feel like that noise was good enough to describe what stevia can taste like. Um, I agree. Sometimes I've had stevia and it's too much. Yeah. This is just sweet. I didn't put any extra sugar on here because I figured good. it would be sweet. Thank you. I gave up sugar, so. Uh-huh. Well, she puts it in her own cup. Yeah. I don't drink oh, you it with do? sugar. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Good. She has little sweet and low packets. Fake <gasps> sugar. Oh, sweet and low. Who are you, my grandma in the 1980s? I am. I actually, yes, I am. My grandma's name is Nori. Well, was Nori, so. Nori? Nori. Isn't that weird? Nori. Nori. (laughs) It's all, I can see it. (laughs) Um, I can taste, honestly, I don't know if I could distinguish between any of these fruits. I just taste berries a melange of fruits yes yes and also i don't know exactly what the blue butterfly pea flowers are supposed to be tasting like it just tastes like an herbal tea filled with fruit everything tastes tastes like a second on a purple jolly rancher (laughs) (laughs) it's good though right no i like it i like Um, it a lot should we rate it i think we should rate it let's rate it well emily i'll ask you first okay matt um what's this tea called magic potion emily i don't need to hold it um (laughs) would you consider david's teas magic potion uh herbal tea uh fruit infusion is what they call them uh is this fruit infusion your cup of tea uh matt or (gasps) please don't interrupt is it not your cup of tea (laughs) Emily and I have such a, um, I could tell she was going to interrupt me too. I'm just like, I, I could just see it on her face. And I was like, if I give this the right pause here, she's going to interrupt me. I can tell. You're a little trickster. We, we I no. am. We have a little rivalry about whether that question gets interrupted or not. So far I'm winning, um, by a large margin. <laughs> such a good job, but I'm so excited about this tea because I have two answers to this question. Ooh. All right. Anyways, is it your cup of tea or is it not your cup of tea? Um, Matt, thank you so much for asking. Um, this tea is my cup of tea in two different ways. Um, it's my cup of tea 
because it's very good and I'm enjoying it a lot, but it's also my cup of tea because it changes colors and I don't actually, I don't need this tea to necessarily taste good (laughs) because it changes colors and that makes me so happy. It was like already your cup of tea. It was already my cup of tea. Um, So yes, this is my cup of tea. It's very good. And as I said, I can't wait to make it into iced tea this summer. Leslie. Yes. I have a question for you. Oh, please. Um, I'm an open book. Oh, thank God. Um, Would you say this David's Tea Magic Potion Fruit Infusion is your cup of tea or not your cup of tea? Mm, Wow. Nobody's asked me that question before. Oh, my God. I'm glad we're here (laughs) Um, for you. I would say absolutely. It's my cup of tea. Um, It is really good. We're about to get into spring if the a world will allow us to it's up to the world's choice because we have treated it so badly mother earth do what you wish i respect and love you um but if she lets us get into this time this would be perfect iced like you said yeah. it's lovely hot it makes me feel like i'm having a sweet treat without really um destroying my body thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> Matt, yeah. yeah. Would you say that this David's Tea Magic Potion Fruit Infusion is your cup of tea, or not your cup of tea? Wow, thanks, Emily. Um, <laughs> I this is a very strange tea, possibly one of the strangest teas I've ever had in my life. It's it like literally feels like it's made to be iced. Mm-hmm. Um, this would probably be my favorite iced tea I've ever had in my life if I ever had this iced. So maybe make that happen. Maybe make me have that. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Um, uh, as a hot tea, it's also very, it's still very good. It's very interesting. It's like, unlike probably any hot tea I've ever had. It's a very unique flavor. Mm-hmm. And uh, is, that is still my cup of tea. Hot and, it is, hot, it is my cup of tea hot. I imagine it being even better cold. Wow. wow. That's my long-winded opinion of it. Wait. Do we think it tastes like blue raspberry? Oh, that's a great question. Mm. I don't know. I would say so. I would say, I when Matt said it tastes like a Jolly Rancher, and I, I really did relate to that. Because yeah. it does. I could imagine this being a blue raspberry Jolly Rancher flavor. Yeah. David's tea. Hats off. Nice candy. Um, three for three. Three for three. I'm also going to say something. I think this is my favorite fruit infusion we've had on this podcast. I might whoa, whoa, I might agree whoa. with that. Wow. Um, Big honor. Yeah. Big deal. It's a good one. <laughs> Great job. Tea talk done. Tea talk complete. All right. Okay. Listen, that was so fun. <laughs> but it, I'm going to tell you something, Leslie. What? Literally everything we just talked about doesn't matter. <gasps> no way. So weird. Why? It's weird. Because what really matters is your topic <gasps> and what you're bringing to oh us today. Oh, my God. Ooh. <laughs> Leslie, what is your topic today? Uh, I'm here to talk about Scientology. Ooh. This is the, maybe the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> Emily has been waiting for me to talk about this. Um, I, I guess I'm going to give like a, a short background, if I can, as to how I got introduced to Scientology. But... Um, when I was in college, and this is going to age me 
and I'll no longer be able to be cast as high schoolers. But when <laughs> I was in college in um, 2007, my freshman year, I had a speech class um, that was required. Everybody had to take it as freshmen, obviously. And um, our speech professor told us to pick one topic that we would do three speeches on. So the first one was... Um, I think it was called globalization or cultural. It was supposed to be about how the topic had cultural implications. Um, the second one was informative. And the third topic was persuasive. So for some reason, I decided to pick Scientology. And I went a little crazy and was studying like all the time, late night, um, looking all over the internet um, about this topic. And um, I thought at the time, I thought if I wasn't going to be a famous actor, I was going to join Scientology, work my way up through all the levels, and then uh, <laughs> basically expose them from the inside out. Oh my God. <laughs> Luckily for me, Leah Remini has been doing she's an doing incredible the, job she's doing l ron hubbard's work for <laughs> oh my the lord's work really she is uh what a dark beautiful angel of uh, light <laughs> she's so incredible and um for those who don't know on i can't remember the channel annie annie uh leah remini has a show called scientology in the aftermath where she's just exposing all the the misdeeds of scientology she is so good oh my god it's really intense, though. I feel like so you can likes, watch one episode and then you've watched them all. She like snuck in, or she's she was in it, and then she was in. It. Yeah, she grew up in the church. Her mom got okay. married into it, which is how most people get introduced into Scientology. Usually, they get married to a significant other. Anyway, that's more on that in a little. <laughs> um, crazy. It's one of my favorite shows. <laughs> Interesting. Have you guys seen? Is it Going Clear? That's the uh, HBO one. Yeah. Yes. I've I've seen that one. That's yeah. so good. I've watched it. I don't normally rewatch things. I have watched that at least three times. It's really good. They did such a great job in that documentary. I I feel like so I used to be a lot more upset about Scientology. I was really like a vigilante about it. As I described, I wanted to <laughs> go into the religion and blast it open <laughs> um but now with like in light of all the other things that have happened with religion like uh all that pedophilia that happened in the catholic church that people tried to cover up and uh, all, that. all that um the united methodist church just ruled that they'll no longer allow like gay clergy to be a part of their church anymore and they won't sanction gay marriages it's kind of like religion is bad <laughs> so it's hard to like get really mad at one religion now um because people are beautiful complicated dark people scientology is so interesting though because it's a new religion started in the 70s and it was started by L. Ron Hubbard, who was a uh, science fiction writer, and not a very good one. People will argue about that. I guess that's the that to me is what has always struck me as the strangest thing about Scientology. Mm. It's listen, I'm not religious in any way at all. I was raised Catholic, but I'm not anything. Mm -hmm. 
but at least I can see all other religions like people have been doing them for thousands of years and I'm like well okay you know there's a lot of that to it I mean people can't get over the the fact that the constitution might have mistakes that's only a couple hundred years old let alone (laughs) a bible it's thousands of years old for sure or one half of its whatever um but like Scientology is like, oh, it's so new. Yeah. I mean, that was <laughs> the globalization, culturalization of the, my first speech was about basically how Scientology brands itself with celebrities in order to um, get themselves more, um, how would I say it? They, because they do these strong brand ties with celebrities, it's, the American public is able to accept them more. Yeah. Whereas like all these other religions definitely have centuries upon centuries of being around and familiarity. So it's kind of like Haynes for a while was with Michael Jordan. There was a time where T-Mobile was with Catherine Zeta-Jones. I remember that. Remember that? So uh, Tom Cruise, Scientology, Tom Cruise is like America's sweetheart, especially, you know, back when he did that movie. What is that? You had me at hello. Oh, Jerry Maguire. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, because he's like America's sweetheart, John Travolta, especially in his heyday. Um, so weird Saturday to think Night of Fever. Joining a religion because of a celebrity. That seems so bizarre. But we buy products because of celebrities all the time, especially with like influencers now and micro influencers. Um, Elizabeth Moss, I feel like is going to become the new Tom Cruise. I really like Elizabeth Moss, but, um, the fact that she's a Scientologist, it really, it really bothers me. Yeah. I, I think she's so talented. Scientology. So Scientology is basically the religious part of the scientific part. They call it called Dianetics, which is the study of thought and thinking. And I remember back in the day when I was doing this report, I thought that was the most ludicrous topic or how the word was phrased was really ludicrous. The science of thinking, the process of uh, investigating thinking. I don't know why I thought it was so crazy because I think about it now like I, especially like at the age that I'm at, I'm so interested in why I have the thoughts that I have and where they come from. So it's so uh, collegiate of me to be like, that's so insane that you would investigate your mind. Cause I was like 20 and just interested in getting drunk all the time. Um, <laughs> but uh, Dianetics is basically what they're trying to do is like teach you to not be so reactive in your mind. It's kind of like meditation. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard also did some hypnosis, which I love hypnosis. I think the power of suggestion is incredible over the human brain. And just like all the studies they've done with placebos are amazing. Um, So there's like a scale that they have about uh, like uh, different levels of emotions and the in the brain and basically Dianetics can like teach you how to control your mind and your reactions, which is perfect for actors Mm. because then they can literally do anything that they need to do based Mm. off of Dianetics. Isn't that how they bring people in? That's what I've understood is like they, they start like, it is like just self-help at first. Yeah. It's like life coaching and like people like that. And then all of a sudden, 
they're spending $200 on this class, then $500 on this class. And then all of a sudden they're deep in. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, Because they ask like, do you want a personality test? Like that's like (laughs) on the street. Yeah. Because we all want to know if we're L or what is it? E-M-F-T-P-K. I-N-F-P. I don't think that's what I am. I remember it's been a long time since I've been asked about the personality test, but I remember like when that was like the whole thing was they would, you just, they'd have like a clipboard on the street and they'd be like, do you want to take a personality test? And it was, that was code for would you like to become a Scientologist? Yes. And weren't they really attractive? I don't know about you, but every time I've been approached by a Scientology person, they've been hot AF. Uh, To my chagrin, I've never been approached by a Scientology person. I think I would would run away from them and scream, you're in a cult. I don't, I want to do that, but it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been um, years. I think since somebody has confronted me. Yeah. I mean now, uh, because of the internet, Scientology can't do what everything it wants to do. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that a lot of the outreach has definitely gone down. Mm-hmm. Scientology would have done so much better if the internet never existed. God, I think of where they would be right now. Oh, uh, just wow. No one had shown a light on them. They'd be <laughs> doing so well. Yeah, they tried so hard to do all those uh, pop-up websites about how the people who left the church and were speaking out were like pedophiles and... Speaking of trolling, oh. Scientologists are the best trolls that have ever existed. Can't wait. Hopefully they find out about this podcast and <laughs> bombard us. I, can't wait. I would love to have a website that is a hate website. I think I, think I, I would feel powerful. God. Well, uh, yeah. Someone should start it like uh, hashtag cancel TBD when this episode comes <laughs> out. <laughs> We're not, I guess we're not saying what our thoughts are about it. We're oh, just simply uh, talking about it, but. We've been what? pretty dismissive. Yeah, that's, okay. <laughs> kind of um, kind of flippant. I do. So this is also, I, I have to tell our listeners, one of my main interests in life, Scientology. Yeah. And when I say that to people, I'm like, but it's bad. Like, yeah. also, I, I, there's two separate things. I think it's bad. Therefore, it's fascinating. Yeah. I um, mean, I do think it's bad, too. Yeah. I think that. It's scary that literally eh, we all have the capacity to be a part of a cult. Yeah. I know I personally have been a part of one already, (laughs) but that's a whole nother story Um, or something similar to a cult. Mm -hmm. And basically a cult is just, you know, a group of people that have the same ideals and there's a couple warning signs. One is that they're supposed to change themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, Another big one too is that they allow the people who are, ahead of the group to kind of have their own rules. They excuse their behavior. Um, mm-hmm. That's very much what happened with Elrond Hubbard. Mm-hmm. So when Elrond started it, he was like a failed science fiction writer. And notably, he went and did a um, speech at a science fiction convention and said the words, if you want to make money, start a religion. Oh, that's my favorite part about the glowing... <laughs> Going Clear documentary. <laughs> yeah. So you can definitely watch Going Clear is so good, more in depth about that. There's also, for a short period of time, he may have been a part of an occult group as oh, well. Yes. And that's where he met his second wife. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> he's With Jack in, Parsons. He's a nutcase. Um, <sighs> my favorite thing about Elrond Hubbard, the reason why, so Scientologists hate, um, they hate, psychologists and mm-hmm. they hate um psychiatrists too mm-hmm. i also 
don't like psychiatrists. But anyway, um, maybe I'm a Scientologist. Are you, um, do you have a campaign out there that's anti-psychotherapy uh, <laughs> and psychiatrists? No, I go to a lot of therapy. And I think if uh, medicine helps you, please take it. Um, unless you've talked in depth with your doctor who you have a longstanding relationship with. Mm-hmm. I will say that now. Please take your meds. Um, <laughs> but why they hate them is because L. Ron Hubbard came up with Dianetics and he um, he proposed it to the American Psychology Association and they said that it was like not science basically they were like this is a bunch That's of BS shocking. right <laughs> and that started their whole campaign against <laughs> psychologists <laughs> I have so much to say. This. Um, <laughs> my favorite thing about L. Ron Hubbard is his um, messengers who were like preteen girls oh who would bring God. him messages and were the only ones who could talk to him. Um, yes. And it's so crazy. He definitely, I mean, towards the later years of his life when he was on his ranch out in like, I think it was in New Mexico. There, he had like a Scientology ranch where they did like a lot of the films that they made for Scientology and everything. Uh, and it was like before he died, before David Miscavige took over, th- he definitely was on a lot of drugs, mm-hmm. uh, probably by the people around him because they wanted David Miscavige to take over. But um, <laughs> it's kind of crazy how much he was against them, but he really was probably doing a lot of them. We hate who we are. Um, and also, I mean, a lot of it was probably just lies. For <laughs> sure. Like, yeah. Be like, Tons I, of lies and I don't, like, I don't like this thing, but it's like they're just saying that for the sake of saying that or whatever. Yeah. Taking um, an alternative stance. I mean, some might say the beginnings of Catholicism are also based on like somebody making up a lie oh to God. control other people that they themselves don't believe, but they're trying to get other people here. I'm not saying that that's essentially true, no, no. but uh, we're talking about it. You know, <laughs> um, the King James version of the Bible. When I found out that literally King James sat down with a bunch of people with the Bible and said, let's take out this part and this part and make it read yeah. like this. I was like, Oh, this is yeah. a man in power in a government deciding how the Bible should yeah, I mean, there's, there's I mean, yeah. religion has certainly, I mean, there's there's definitely arguments to be made that almost any religion uh, favors people in power. So, for like, sure. it's beneficial for them. Um, you know, like, even a lot of stuff in the Bible or, or, or other similar writings are basically just, like, how to be good people or whatever. Yeah. So, it's like, oh, this is how, like, uh, you know, a, 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 some sort of lord or king or whatever would basically get everyone to behave well is like listen it's not just me there's an all-seeing <laughs> person who you have to impress or you don't get into the you know the good place um, and great show watch it uh, <laughs> you know that helps like you know tamp down like the idea of like riots and, and yeah. other nasty behavior like it's just like a good way to get people to stop stealing um and things like For that sure. and give them all their money that they have yeah give me money be good. Yes. Listen to me. Yes. <laughs> I'm not religious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, not either. <laughs> I am also not. Um, I had a similar thing about your King James thing. I can't remember exactly what it was called, but it was like 
when the Catholic Church had their like council of, I'm going to say Trent, but I don't know if that's mm-hmm. right, where they decided which books would go in the Bible. And there's like books that are just as like valid, for lack of a better word, yeah. that could have been in the Bible that they were like, mm, no, I don't like that one. There's a story of like young Jesus who was playing with friends and he didn't like the way the play went. I don't know what happened. He got, um, he got butt hurt and he made, um, pigeons out of clay or sparrows out of clay to attack the boys that he was playing with. That's a story that was written. That was once a part of the Bible. That's no longer a part of the Bible. Interesting. There's also the supposed long lost book of Judas, which explains that Judas isn't a betrayer. Nice. It's a fat, a weird other weird little tidbit from the, a potential Bible that he's didn't exist. He's not bad. He's just drawn that way. That's what that like whole a, book is. About. It's uh, like um the the there's like a three little pigs, but then there's a book that's about the big bed wolf's perspective, and he was just trying to help. I think the Judas thing is like is literally like it was part of Jesus's plan for Judas to do what he did, and there's something yeah. I think that's how it goes. <laughs> Release that book. Release yeah. that book. <laughs> um, we have oh, to yeah. talk about Scientology more. We do. We do. Okay. What we do not have enough time. We could <laughs> never have enough time to really discuss what is so crazy about Scientology. Yeah. But could you, for the listeners, explain, yeah. and we can help, uh, like, yeah. like, like the path, and then, and then, like, like the, the, the crazy story that they get to at the end. The crazy, like story. the different levels, like OT. Oh dang! I OT. That's the one thing that I'm really not well okay. versed in. I'm so sorry. That's no, okay. All I can think about is like the speech that I did whenever yeah. I was a uh, in college. But yeah, the different levels are insane. The fact that like no. somebody has a briefcase locked behind doors no. and you go in by yourself and they look you in the eye and they give you the information and you have to pay a level of so money, much money in order to receive this information about this religion. Um, the fact that the reason why you're not told things before you've paid the amount of money is because you will die Mm-hmm. from brain cancer because you won't understand it you're yeah. not ready for it you're not that's crazy yeah there's so it's like this like bridge that you pay you pay so much money i've read or like seen that it's like at minimum half a million dollars um oh wow and you get to this level i want to say ot I yeah that say sounds right 13 yeah eight i don't know yeah and they literally are like everything in you learn like Everything you've learned is not actually true. Oh it's, my God, which is just insane. That's like from yeah. a movie. Yeah. That's like movie lines. Yeah. That's he not was real a, life. He was a screenwriter, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that what actually happened is that there was a volcano and there were these Thetans and right. Xenu and I don't even know, but it's right. just like everything you've learned and spent a half a million dollars on. It's, it's a lie. It's a lie because this is true and there's your like, brain can handle it now. It's like the South Park episode that's, that goes into all that. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh my God, which Chef wasn't a part of because he's a Scientologist. The guy yeah. who played Chef on that show. And he also mysteriously died a couple years later after in one interview he might have spoken out a little bit against Scientology and then... There was something... Well, near the end of his... Uh, he lost a lot of mental uh, capacity near the end yeah. of his life. Um, I don't want to get into that. It's sad. It's so sad. <laughs> There's a whole thing about his like him being manipulated by some people around him yeah. and forced to sign p- 
papers and things like that. Which <sighs> is what Scientology, I think, did to L. Ron Hubbard before David Miscavige as well. I think there's just a lot of his handlers around. I have a question to yeah. the, the group. Yeah. Um, what do you think, how do you feel about people that you like? So like Elizabeth Moss or... Um, or, uh, you know, Tom Cruise, or... I don't uh, like Tom Cruise, so that's an easy... <laughs> is it just like, if he wasn't a Scientologist, you wouldn't like him anyways? Or is no. you don't like him because he's a Scientologist? I, well, I definitely don't like him because he's a Scientologist, but I also just don't like him, period, anymore. I really do think when he jumped on the couch and did that whole thing with Oprah, um, uh, when he was talking about Katie Holmes it definitely showed us his ass to all of the world mm-hmm. that he's really a uh, sociopathic, narcissistic, egomaniacal human being. That's definitely been told that he's allowed to act that way by a religion yeah. who he's, makes money off of mm-hmm. his image and his association with it. But so generally, I guess like... Yeah. Elizabeth Moss with like all these like I guess like do you just sort of go do you sort of disregard it or do you hold them sort of accountable I suppose I hold them accountable I think I think I do I like I I mean there's just so many things like about Scientology like they keep people captive. The mm. The wife of David Miscavige has been missing for years. <laughs> yeah. Apparently um, they found her. Oh my God. I was reading some like magazine at CVS or something where they said they found her, but I, I doubt it. I mean, it hasn't come out on the news. It seemed yeah. like just a yeah marketing by Scientology. I mean, the, um, thing, the thing I've, so like the thing about the celebrities, mm-hmm. so I'll say I, I do like Tom Cruise. I mean, the couch thing is weird, but I also think celebrities are weird and I, try not to think of their regular life i like elizabeth moss uh although i and and also another uh celebrity that i like is beck yes beck is a notorious scientologist and um i guess i get that like tom cruise is a maniac and he can be sort of hateable for it but i feel like some of these other people like they are scientologists danny masterson is one too well he's got other problems he does uh but like Somebody, so like Beck, for instance, although in some of his songs he does reference Scientology, but generally, if I didn't know, if I just didn't know he was a Scientologist from like Wikipedia or whatever, or however I found out originally, it's not like he's parading around his Scientologist. So I kind of like, I do give them a pass. And I suppose part of it that I've heard, at least, is that they treat their celebrities is a different group of people. They do. Well, that's why they have celebrity centers. And that's the benefit of them branding with celebrities is um, they do. They treat them like prized cow possessions. And then that relationship that they build with celebrities, of course, people come in. A lot of creative people, other actors think like, maybe if I join this religion, I could musicians, directors, because Scientology is also supposedly hooked up with one of the biggest PR firms in the world. I forget exactly what they're called, but um, it, it was like when Elizabeth Holmes married Tom Cruise. Katie, Katie Holmes. Oh, Katie Holmes. So why did I say Elizabeth Holmes? I would Moss. love to talk about Elizabeth <laughs> Holmes, but that's fine. Let's not Oh, sorry. <laughs> not now. Uh, Katie Holmes, when uh, she married Tom Cruise, her whole image changed. She got that haircut. It was like a short 
Bob that was really popular. She started being on the front of all these magazines. She was hanging out like with Victoria Beckham. She became kind of like a fashion icon. That's because like the PR firm took over her whole image. Mm, she had to be in Batman Begins. Right. <laughs> Tom Cruise and John Travolta, the time that they were coming up, there were a lot of rumors going around that they were gay and unfortunately at that time and now it seems like this time again for (laughs) some backwards reason um it wasn't okay to be gay so they married into the religion um john travolta married kelly preston tom cruise married mimi rogers who we haven't seen a lot of well she's a working actress she's no longer associated with the religion but uh that's how they got inducted into the religion and then the PR firm took over and those kind of like rumors really died down. I mean, it helped that they married uh, women, (laughs) but uh, it's like, like the Danny Masterson thing with uh, the rape allegations. Yeah. They had buried those or whatever. Yeah. That's the only reason why I hold celebrities accountable is they are truly benefiting in a way from that religion and they do it because of that. Yeah. So, so that actually loops back to what I was going to mention about that. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one thing that, you know, to, to blame them for being part of the religion. Yeah. And part of the saying that is saying like, Oh, well this religion does terrible things. So they should be against those terrible things. Right. But that's the part that they're also like, I don't think Danny Masterson, I mean, I don't know, whatever. I'm not sure he knows, or like, I don't know that like Elizabeth Moth. Moss knows because they're being sheltered because I feel like whenever you hear I feel like she was interviewed about this um, where it was brought up like uh, lots of scummy things that Scientology is known for and she's like that's not part of what I see like all that stuff that's not part of her they are literally complete sheltering them and so they do hear when they hear on the news they hear South Park making fun of it or anything like that they do think that that is is made up you know it's just like people punching down on this religion but it turns out they're just being like sheltered so like of course it's almost like how much i guess it depends on how much you think they should be aware right i think i think with celebrities and scientology i agree that like they are definitely getting a different experience than the people that would be working but i also think elizabeth elizabeth moss gets asked scientology is doing blank 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 all these bad things. She goes, that's not my experience. She could go home and be like, why are people saying this? And research it. Yeah. Like enough yes. people are saying it. And I'm sure in her mentions on Instagram and Facebook and on any article she's in, like it's like brought up. Like I do think she and these celebrities could and have the ability to, even though they're technically not allowed to in their religion, to be like, why are people saying this? Why are, why do people think my religion is bad? And, is like doing all these human rights abuses. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I wish they would. I do I too. I wish they would. <laughs> I do too. And I mean, that's the thing about all religion. I, I, this is a very broad sweeping statement, but a lot of, well, cults or things that suppress and hurt people um, are able to do that because nobody ever like asks questions mm-hmm. or there's no room to really have doubts. I mean, if you're the kind of person asking questions, you're the, probably the kind of person who's not in that religion. So mm-hmm. they already don't care about your opinion. Of course. You know, they only, they're, 
they're only worried about what their members feel. Yeah. Um, I have a, yeah. I have a crazy Scientology story about celebrities too, which is so. Um, Right before Elvis Presley died, Scientologists supposedly heavily courted the Presley family. And um, he told his wife and Lisa Marie Presley, please do not join this cult, <laughs> supposedly. Um, and uh, I'm going to bring up another controversial name, but Michael Jackson in the 80s uh, had all those child pedophilia charges brought forward. And... Um, all of a sudden, he started dating Lisa Marie Presley, who was a part of Scientology. Mm-hmm. And supposedly, Scientologists were trying to get him a part of the cult. And that whole relationship was very much like a courting situation. Interesting. And the kiss that happened at the MTV movie or music video awards was orchestrated by Scientology and the PR firm. Mm. Um, uh, for some reason, Michael Jackson decided not to join Scientology. He was already in a cult. Joe yeah. was witnesses. Oh my gosh. Yes, it's, and his yeah. own cult at his own... At his own ranch. Yes. It's weird to give him credit for not joining one cult, but then really? have to be like, well, because he was already in a worse, or I don't know, and equally bad thing. <laughs> yes, he was doing his own... He was uh, the leader of his own cult. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, good for him to know that... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Right? <laughs> How can you say? Thing. Yeah. Anyway, that was probably one of the craziest stories. I've never and heard also that story the one before. that makes it makes so much sense yeah. to me. Michael Jackson would have been I mean yeah. That feels like it very interesting if people knew he was Scientologist. I feel like people cause people really are quite religious about him. Yeah. And I feel like more probably more than any other musician I can think of. Like I just feel like people who are Michael Jackson fans, like that's so much of their identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's speaking of immense amount of hate you say anything bad about michael jackson and boy oh boy do you get it yeah, <laughs> yeah. death threats on the reg i mean he yeah wow people are nuts people yeah. are nuts for sure and have you heard about like the whole courting that happens for like tom cruise's girlfriends and stuff oh yes Ugh. no i don't know scarlett that. johansson once was um approached no. by a scientologist representative to be his girlfriend apparently um this isn't so much courting him, but the the story of his like one of his first dates with I believe Nicole Kidman is like <laughs> was completely orchestrated by Scientology, and there was like this field that they just like like organized. So it was like this perfect date. Terrifying. Then, yeah. I think his whole relationship with Penelope Cruz is just psycho to me because it's like did you pick her because you both have the same last name and that's how into yourself you are i did like it when they were together because they have the same last name ah. cruise and cruise cruise and um, cruise. different spellings most yeah. people think katie holmes <laughs> left him because like that was the age surrey would have had to start doing scientology stuff and that's why she's like i gotta get out of here my I'm, poor baby can't i hope what, to god that's why what yeah. do you think like that's like another i feel like this is covered maybe in going clear I don't know much about Scientology other than what was on South Park and in Going Clear. Yeah. Oh, and I've seen The Master, um, that movie. I fell asleep during um, that movie. Can it. you believe? That's I, my movie and I fell asleep during it. It was kind of boring. I don't blame you. Um, the waves in the beginning really took me out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they took There's you out to of, the ocean. Yeah, Sea Org. There's a lot of Sea yeah, Org stuff in that. Which is insane. God, we, I could 
Um, you have to have a whole podcast about the Sea Org. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, oh, the thing about celebrities is that they're also, like, someone like Tom Cruise is also in his own way being held captive. True. Um, yes. Very so true. It's, like, hard. He can't get out even if he wants to. <laughs> right. It's, like, the same when you hear about MC Hammer talking about, like, uh, how he lost so much money and stuff and stuff went completely bankrupt it was because of like all the people around him it definitely is his own prison Mm -hmm. but i think tom cruise doesn't have like the wherewithal to analyze it or question it i think he's off on his own other planet i mean like if he wasn't in scientology anymore i would be so scared for what he could do just because his mental state is from what I see. I don't want to, my boyfriend gets mad at me because I (laughs) throw around terms of people's like mental states and it's not a good thing to do. Please don't do it. (laughs) But, um, he just seems on this other level of reality. That's just not accurate. I do believe Tom Cruise probably lives a life that, no one has ever or will ever live. <laughs> well, kind of like, um, what was that movie he was in? Magnolia, maybe? Yeah, he was in that. Yeah. Yeah, he plays kind of a, a fictionalized version of himself. <laughs> yes, it feels very, very close to who he is as a person, at least who he seems to be. Yeah. I mean, gotta love that man for always put it, casting like hot models in every movie that he's in that are like five... 11 and he stands on apple boxes so that he can guy. be taller than them and still also, is he's like, like this s- action figure he's like 60 years old and looks amazing <laughs> plastic surgery and sheer uh, well like no stress probably no stress in his life probably yes. goes to the gym every day yeah twice a day Have you ever read that thing um i don't want to get him swept up in this but uh, mark Wahlberg's um <laughs> his like daily routine and no. it like talks about how he goes to, you know, he's like goes to bed at eight at night, That's wakes rude. up at four in the Absolutely morning. Not. Something. I'm getting all the details wrong, but he wakes up super early, go, goes to the gym for like three hours, like has breakfast, goes uh, showers, goes back to the gym. Like it's just this insane routine that keeps him being Mark Wahlberg all the time. <laughs> it's so crazy. I think about David Lynch has like this book about meditation and he talks about his like transcendental meditation. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Cult, cult, maybe. <laughs> um, but he talks, yeah, he talks about his routine and it's like, of course you have time and money to do this. No one else does. That's why, I mean, they, people are like, why do celebrities always stay so young looking? It's like, yeah, because they spend their life looking, trying to look young. They go to the gym, like they just make a million dollars and then they, you know, all day they sleep as a regular eight hours every night. They have a nutritionist. They have uh, all that stuff. Yeah, everything it's they built need in. for sure. <sighs> um, I feel like we need to end this conversation soon. Oh, wait. Sadly. Oh, wow. We barely touched the I surface. <laughs> it's um, so insane. I, I do want to bring this back to Lady Remini because she's the best. She's the best. Um, She was a celebrity who started asking questions. She did. And then after Shelly Miscavige went missing, yeah. which is so amazing. Mm-hmm. I, When I was studying Scientology, I was like, nobody's going to break. <laughs> and lucky for us, Leah Remini was the perfect catalyst. I mean, she was such a huge advocate of Scientology through King and Queens for mm-hmm. so long and was very vocal about the religion. I mean, she even talks about that, obviously. If you watch mm-hmm. any of her shows, she'll talk about that. 
So it's just perfect that, um, I mean, a person went missing who is the head person of Scientology's wife and nobody talked about it. Nobody asked about it. Nobody said anything. And there are so many people who have gone missing in this religion so many murders that have happened. So much. it's horrible. You get in deep and it gets really bad. It'd be interesting if if we ever like get the real answers. Like that I wonder if there's like a log book somewhere where they're like, This is all the murders we hid oh <laughs> or whatever. God. Oh, well there was until David Miscavige gets arrested. That'll never happen. I do want to say something so quickly and I'm gonna try to make it very, very quick. You don't have to take your time. Okay. <laughs> um so Another thing that happened is during Scientology was trying to go after its tax-free status oh, as a religion, which mm. they talk about Thank in Going Clear. And there was an operation that Scientologists put together called Operation Snow White. And they went into the IRS and they robbed the IRS, just like Watergate. Like took all <laughs> these files that were all of their um, spending uh and all of their financial records. They committed a huge crime <laughs> against our government yeah. and then got tax-free status. Because they also had, like, at the same time, like, a policy of, like, a- like attacking IRS places. Well, yes. Yes. They have a rule yeah. in yeah. Scientology that, oh, gosh, I can't remember the exact language, but it is so specific. And, of course, they talk about it in the Leah Remini show. Such a good it's so good but basically yeah they have any right to destroy uh, an attacker against scientology which is terrifying yeah it seems like they have a lot of power and people in government and deep they pockets and... they have so much money yeah they can tie you up in a court case for years and years and years and bleed you dry mm-hmm. yeah and they're menacing about it. That's, you know, when you watch like Going Clear and you watch uh, the Leah Remini show, just the tactics that they employ are so heartless. Mm-hmm. Um, it's trolling in real life on a level of inhumanity that's mm-hmm. just uh, jaw dropping. It's a religion. <laughs> <laughs> um, God. Oh, I don't man. know if I have time to tell, say one more thing. No. Okay, so also on Leah Remini's show, there's Mike Ridner, who is a oh, former, so who's so sweet and good now. But in the past, he was like, I'm pretty sure the spokesman for Scientology. Yeah. And so there are like all these clips of him being like so like mean to people because he's yes. been brainwashed and like you show them these and he has just like has this like such a sad face on. He's like, so sad about it. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine the things that he's done. Yeah. And I'm sure he doesn't like being yeah. able to imagine those either. Yeah. I think the coolest thing about these people who are mm-hmm. coming out of this cult is that like you really do have such a huge capacity to change. Mm-hmm. And though we should not stick around abusive people <laughs> and we should really take care of our own personage. Um, you know, it's like if you do bad things, you can turn yourself around. Mm-hmm. Please do. So cool. Please. <laughs> yeah. Please do. People will love and accept you for doing that. Oh, I love that show. Guys, if you're going to listen to this podcast completely <laughs> all the way through, then here's your steps. Yes. Watch Going Clear on HBO. Um, watch the entirety of Leah Remini's show. Um, it's on A&E. And it's perfect. Uh, you can read the Going Clear book, which I have not finished. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. 
and there's all sorts of movies but i'd, I'd start with those two yeah start with those two totally and get your list on of celebrities that are part of scientology yeah. it'll blow your freaking mind it's a lot of them it's yes of them. directors too people like jones business. i think is a scientologist i think he left or he left i think so there's a couple of really famous directors that have left scientology and who actively speak out against it please let it be true yes yes uh, I'll say I don't follow it super closely. I just know, I know some of the big ones, but some of the big celebrities. Elizabeth Moss, man. We would love to have her out of that. Just saw her in Us. Oh, wow. I read that she was in that. I was like, oh, no. She's in Us. Yeah. What is she doing? Um, She, (laughs) oh, man. Us is is pretty great. Um, Her and Tim Heidecker are husband and wife, and they have two kids, and they're friends with the family that's like the main characters and you see them the two of them are playing like peak mom and peak dad like they're playing such uh and the main dad in the movie too like the three of them are all playing like such like they all have like little dad jokes and like little momisms like she's like it's wine time or and i'm like oh man you're playing this mom so good (laughs) yeah she's such Uh, a talented actress but literally i i wish I believe I'm so jealous of the capability to like believe in something so fully because you really do have that capacity to like do whatever you want whenever you want to do it. I feel like with Scientology, like you're either in it or you're not. I do think with other religions, like you can be like, oh, I'm Catholic, but like, like I don't go to church or whatever. Like there's like more of gradations and like more established religions. Yeah. But in this one, I feel like you're in it. Or you're, or you're out and they're attacking you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a casual. Uh, yeah. I dabble in Scientology. Yeah. Um, my friend once told me a story. Well, once tried to talk me into going to the Scientology thing to just like okay. go into it. I'm like, no, I'm afraid of joining a cult. <laughs> yes. They will take down all your contact information. So yeah. I've heard and they will constantly contact you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Stay away. Stay away if you can. <laughs> Stay out of Times Square. Bad. Yeah. Times Square. There's one in the Upper East Side. Apparently, I heard there's one in the Lower East Side too, a celebrity center. Um, when I was in Denmark last year, there was a Scientology center there and I did take a picture and then pointed out to my friend, like, hey, look at that. I think they're, they can't be in Germany anymore. I think that the <laughs> German government has ruled them out because they're a cult. Germany, really? To them. Really doing it, really pulling it together after uh, being a big old mess for a while. <laughs> for sure. They're redeeming themselves uh, day after day after day after yeah. day. Hi to our <laughs> listeners in Germany. Uh, <laughs> you guys are doing great. We love you. Um, oh, I'm so sad this one has to be over. Oh. <laughs> you should go dog sit. <laughs> I do. Oh my God. I got to get to a dog. Um, so. We're done with our topic, which is so sad. Thank you for bringing um, Scientology to us. Um, Can't wait to for... write that episode title and hopefully get people to find find us and send us hate tweets or whatever. I, I do regularly go on uh, Apple Podcasts and search the word Scientology really? to get new podcasts about it. So oh, wow. Well, we're going to be on be there. It. You're going to find us. Yeah. Hopefully there's a few gems in here that people haven't heard before. Like yeah. the I never heard the Michael, Michael Jackson story. Mm-hmm. Um. But even though I'm so sad this is over, um, yeah. do you have anything you want to plug? You know, if you want to send specific hate, you can. Um, <laughs> no, please don't. Only positive thoughts. Um, you can follow me 
at no yes less on Instagram. Sometimes I post comedy videos. Uh, sometimes I don't. Uh, sometimes I post pictures of dogs that I sit. Um, <laughs> anyway, at no yes less. It's N O Y E S L E S. That's it for me. There you go. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you for being here. Oh my God. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the tea. Oh my God. Thank you for sharing this tea with us. Yes. Always. And, um, uh, you know, subscribe to us. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. TBD Podcast. Mm-hmm. That's that uh, Instagram handle. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, only positive vibes. Only positive vibes. <laughs> Unless it's towards Scientology, which should be only negative vibes. Yeah, please feel free to share your Scientology information. I would love to yeah. keep this open. And if you have any corrections, make them. Yeah. Yes. Send them that email, tbdpodcast at gmail.com. Again, positive vibes. Um, <laughs> towards us. Uh, that's it. Uh, I've been Matt Armando. I've been Emily Riggins. And this has been TBD with Madame Lee. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye.